when you have a game like Saturday night in Detroit where it's just a complete and utter shit show you're, you're gonna come out with positives and negatives and on this week's episode of the Talking Buds podcast which thank you everyone for watching and listening nice to have you in we're gonna focus on those positives and negatives because there are some things going on with this hockey team right now that are incredible and there are some things that are worrisome so let's start with the positives is this the greatest line in Toronto Maple Leaf history this these three guys Matthews Marner and Bunting combined for 15 total points in the 10-7 win over the Red Wings, including four goals from Mitch Marner. Is this the greatest line in Maple Leaf history? I don't know if I'd go that far, but um, I I love waking up in the morning and uh, clicking my app, checking NHL standings and NHL stats, and clicking the points section and seeing Austin Matthews in the hunt for an Art Ross. Yeah. Like, let's go. Yeah. Oh my goodness, the amount of points this guy's racking up right now, like they're 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 unreal. Like they they were I mean that that game, like some of the goals that Marner scored, like yeah. not the greatest goaltending spectacle I've ever Four seen. Four total goaltenders played in that game. Yeah, and they all had a save percentage of eight hundred or less. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> So you're just sitting watching it like very entertaining. Yo, incredible. Thoroughly entertaining. Anytime your team scores 10 goals in one hockey game, 17 total goals. Yeah. But no, that line is firing on all cylinders and you couldn't ask for um, someone to step in on that line and do any better than what Michael Bunting's doing right now. Okay. So let's start with Michael Bunting. He, like we talked a bit about uh, him over the past couple of weeks and everything with him coming in to replace Zach Hyman. And he's just what a that's gotta be the best contract in terms of like value that the player is providing for what they're being paid in the NHL. And they have them again next year on yeah. that same ticket. Yeah. It's hard to find anything not to like about him right now. Like he's, he gets slapped with a little fine. And does he change anything about how he's playing? Nope. nope. Love him. Nope. Still going. Um, has the touch to contribute offensively, to score, to pass, uh, to and just like literally, just think of one thing that he does that you're like, nah, I, wouldn't, I don't love that. Like he he brings it all. Like it's it's incredible. And we're looking at a guy who no one even knew who the hell he was. I I made so many jokes before the season started about who the hell is Michael Bunting. Yep. No, it was laughable. And now. In two years' time, Michael Bunding's going to be signing a $6 million contract to play for another hockey team somewhere else. And he's he's the oldest guy on the line, but he's a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really quite incredible and an incredible find. Like, mm. just an incredible find. That is some fantastic scouting 
on the NHL scouting on on the Maple Leafs behalf. So that fine single handedly is why I've been saying for weeks now that Kyle Dubas does not deserve to lose his job. Whatever happens with this team this year, because the the value that he's getting and the to your point about the scouting and seeing that this guy had the potential to be what he is. Yeah, honestly, great scouting because I you got to be an NHL diehard to know who Michael Bunting was yeah. before he showed up here, and just an incredible find. Um, like say you you say you're a coach and you you had some open tryouts. That guy rolls up, like you're in love. Yeah, like he brings it brings it all. So it's like hands down to Michael Bunting and the way he's played, the way he he wasn't even plugged into that first line either. I mean Nick Ritchie it was pretty clear early on that wasn't going to work. And they threw him up there and there hasn't been one shred of doubt since it's what do you see when you watch Mitch Marner right now? What is he doing? That is like, he took a lot of, a lot of shit after the Montreal series last year. And but he, well, why did he take a lot of shit? Cause he was a non-factor because in the playoffs, he was a no show. Yeah. But if you look back to every other season he's played for this team, like what what complaints do you have? Mm. Like regular season wise, n- nothing. Yeah. He, he the year he played with Tavares, Tavares had a career year. Yeah. This he is such a special hockey player when it comes to talent, create maybe the most creative hockey player in the NHL in terms of moving the puck around and just playing with supreme confidence and is shooting the puck more. And I can't say enough about his penalty kill. Oh my either. god, he. He's got to be a top five penalty he, killer. He in the might league. be yeah. the best, most effective penalty killer I've ever seen yeah. on this team. Yeah. Like the way he, like the possession he gets on the penalty kill and the way he, he uses a stick and the way he, he takes pucks away. Like when he's playing with supreme confidence and playing the way that Mitch Martyr can play, which is just out of this world skill. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's hard to find a, a more skilled guy in the NHL with moving the puck around than him. Austin Matthews is the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. That debate is officially over. And if you have any other take, any other take besides Austin Matthews is the greatest Maple Leaf of all time is lunacy. The last few years, or since he came into the league, really, there's been moments watching him where you and I have discussed wanting to see him take the step. Like, we're, we're saying, you know what, he's a great goal scorer. He's a skilled forward, but he needs, there's times where we would have liked to have seen him dominate a game and take the game over. That, that's happened. Yeah, that's that's been put to bed. That, that is officially over. Austin Matthews is the most dominant hockey player in the world right now. At this moment in time, he is the best hockey player on the planet. His performance against the Minnesota Wild the other night yeah, was, was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. And he's he's a Rocket Richard winner. You just said Art Ross. Yeah. And I think he is very much in the conversation for the Hart Trophy this year, too. Yeah, that that's that's what I think that's what I always meant when I said I want to take him the next step because you want I mean, him in the Hart Trophy conversation. I want him in the Art Ross conversation because I think he's that good. He's a guy who can get a, over 100 points a year easily. Like, that's how skilled he is. And and seeing him pretty close to the top of the leaderboard in points, like, that. that's what I always wanted for him. And 
man, like he's just, is, is there, if he didn't get hurt, like if you look at the, his past seasons, he hasn't, the only time he played a full 82 was his first year. Other years he had 60, 62, and then there was a couple shortened seasons. If he played pretty much every game that he could, I, I think he's on pace for like, OV style goal uh, he, records. I saw a take on Twitter last night that called him the heir apparent to Alex Ovechkin, and I think that is absolutely bang on. Yeah, like uh, if he if he stays healthy for the rest of his career and keeps going like this, he's gonna be over 700 goals. Like he's gonna be in the conversation because when this guy decides he he wants to put the puck, like you can't stop him. No, you can't. You can only like there's a you might go a stretch or two with not scoring, but like that's evolution to his game too. Is there's no stopping him? Yeah, and be, like, he's a big man. He's and, big. Yeah. He he he's his shot is just unbelievable. And then just what separates the the good goal scorers from the bad is just always being at the right place at the right time, always coming in at the right time for the loose puck. It's just what talented players do, and and and. It's always not just the wrist shot. It's just being in the right position to, to score a goal. And he just he just does that so well. And he's just, man, if he was just like a tiny bit more physical, like this is as close to but prime I think, I think Eric that Lindros yeah. as, as you can get. I think that evolution is coming. I think, you know, like we've seen him like get like, I think physicality in, in the NHL is a confidence thing. And I think we're seeing him become more and more confident with his physicality. And I think that is something that the next evolution for him is is to go out there and run a guy over. We also haven't talked about his defensive play, which yeah. has gotten infinitely better over the, yeah, like so he, he there, goes out there against the other team's top center and plays. Is, is there the anyone part. who lifts a stick and takes a puck away better than him? No, like, no, no, I don't think so. No. Like he's so strong doing that. He does it at least twice a game. Yep. Uh, the, the goal against Minnesota where he just, he lost the puck, threw a little spaz, came back, lifted the stick, turned around, pucks in the net. Like, yeah, ridiculous. When, when he when he's on his game, like it's it's. I know Connor McDavid's just out of this world, but like, man, there there's not he's, there's not many people better when he when he's playing at a hundred. Like, at this moment in time, I have Austin Matthews ahead of Connor McDavid, and I know most of that is probably circumstantial because the Oilers are a joke, but like. Austin Matthews is the best hockey player on earth right now. Period. End of discussion. I won't be taking any questions on that statement. So if you don't like it, see you later. Okay. <laughs> 10 whole minutes of positivity. Let's, um, I'm just going to come out and ask you this question. Mm. If you're Kyle Dubas, are you thinking about acquiring a, uh, another starting goaltender in the NHL? Like, I know that they acquired Carter Hutton, but... He's not a starting goaltender. No, and Peter Morazic, I think, last week I said he sucks. <laughs> I watched last week's episode back, and I was like, oh, that's a little, that's yeah, a little, that's yeah. a little tough on Peter Morazic. Yeah. So sorry, Peter. But Peter Morazic is what he is. He's he, he looked pretty good against Minnesota the other night, but he's still like I've never seen a goaltender give up like primo rebounds like Peter Morazic does, and I don't think. Can Peter Morazic win you a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. That's a problem. And then you look at Jack Campbell, who is in a bad, bad, bad place right now. So Those, I, those were some of the worst goals I've ever seen in my entire life. And just like completely, his confidence is just, 
is completely gone. And I've talked about this guy's like mental health before. Like after the Columbus loss, like he comes out. It's getting to the point where, and I I don't want before anyone jumps down my throat here. Like I don't want to like downplay. Like if the dude has a confidence problem, like I do not want to like dump on him or anything. But like it's getting to the point now where after the Columbus loss, he he says to the media. Oh, that's again, that's on me that it should have been three, three nothing. nothing. And yeah. it's like, if I'm his teammate at, at this point, I'm like, shut up, you hero. Like, seriously, yeah. like every time you lose, you get you, you throw yourself like a pity party in the media. Like, it's just. But all all that aside. The guys, the guy's confidence is, is completely and utterly shot. Yeah. So, again, I ask you. If you're Kyle Dubas. Are you looking for a goaltender at the trade deadline? Well, I think anytime you have goaltending issues, it immediately shoots up to the top of your priority list. I don't know, man. Like everyone hated Frederick Anderson, but like I, I, he never he never did this. You know, like this is bad. That every shot on net last night, your heart stopped, and they had a seven-two lead that he almost evaporated. When was the last time you saw a goaltender? get the hook while his team was winning. I can't remember the last time I saw that. Yeah, man. I I, I always stick by goalies because I just think that anyone who hasn't played the position, including me and you, I think it's probably the hardest position in sports, like one of the hardest by a mile. And um, I'll always try to find the positives and give them the benefit of the doubt. But, man, those some of those goals, like the one where, where the guy dumped it in and beat the icing and then just threw it on net and it went through the skate and the post, like that's it's ugly. That, that's that's not NHL stuff. No. Like you're not you're not doing anything with that. So this is we talk about we come on here every week, talk about the defense. We talk about uh, the forwards need to kind of like be more versatile in the way they can win hockey games. But when you're a goalie can't stop a puck, you're you're ask the Edmonton Oilers. How, how that feels. And so that's that's what I mean. And I know people are throwing around Marc-Andre Fleury, especially if you have Jake Muzzin on LTIR, that you can all of a sudden, if you send a couple players the other way, you can afford Marc-Andre Fleury. And normally I'm the type of guy where I would hear that and I would go, the Leafs aren't getting Marc-Andre Fleury. But like at this point, it's like, can you, can, if you don't, if you don't try and upgrade your goaltending position, you're proceeding, you being Kyle Dubas and the Maple Leafs, are proceeding on a hope and a prayer that Jack Campbell's going to get his confidence back and Peter Morazic is going to stop giving up juicy rebounds every Peter time. Peter Morazic is never going to be the number one goalie for this hockey team. So there you go. I, I, think, I think it's up to Jack Campbell. and um, But when you see a performance like last night, like I know... It was bad. Man. I know people are like... Let him work it. Let him work it out. Let him work it out. But like, given just how awful that was last night, and given where this team is, and in, in terms of like, this team cannot afford another first round loss. Is that a risk you want to take? Is waiting for Jack Campbell to figure it out a risk you want to take? You literally might as well go grab a gun, shoot yourself right in the foot. Yeah. Like that's basically what you're doing. If you if your goalie doesn't have any confidence and you have no confidence in your goalie. So I, that's I'm sure if you asked him, Dubis would say, "Oh, you know, we we're going to we're going to we stick by Jack. Jack's our guy, blah blah blah." But they got to be talking about this right now. Like if you if you look at his numbers from the beginning of December, I know they had a little break there, but from the beginning of December till now, like 
you you were at a nine forty save, and now you're you're nine fifteen. Like, has he had a game? Like, he's maybe one or two or three where he's been above nine hundred. Like, he's their goaltending is thirty first in the NHL since December. Yeah, like yeah. it's it it can't be ignored anymore. No. Like, it's it's really bad. Like, it's you you can't win anything no. with that. And I I don't know what you do. I don't I don't being in that position for Dubas is just well. Listen, so. I don't know. Rasmus Sandin has played really well in that third defenseman role. Yeah. If you could somehow get, whether it be Muzzin coming back for the playoffs or bring in another guy that you can have in that 4-5 role along with Muzzin and Sandin can continue to play like this, I think your defense will be okay because I don't care if you have... Like, it completely changes the narrative of the conversation. Like, you and I have been sitting here for weeks along with everyone else in Leafs nation being like, they need a defenseman. They need a defenseman. They need a defenseman. I don't care if they go and get Victor Hedman. If Jack Campbell is going to let goals like that in, it doesn't matter. You could have the 95 devils decor or the Oh one devils decor or whatever behind you. And it's not going to make a difference. Yes. So it's like this, I don't know. He just seems like a guy who mentally I don't know if he can pull himself out of this. Like, and again, I don't know the guy, but like, just from what you see in the media, like, I thought that it should have been three nothing comment was so stupid. Like, stop it. Stop it. Yeah. Just get up there and go, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm trying to grind through it right now. It's, I'm having a tough go, but I'm just going to focus and I'll be ready to go for the next one. Like, stop with this pity party in the media. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah, oh. it's amazing how, huh. We're sitting here, defenseman, defenseman, and then whoop, yeah. turn around, yeah. no goaltending, you're not winning a thing. Exactly. And the reason why Marc-Andre Fleury's name is thrown around, because that's the only name that's out there that could make a difference. Yes. Who, who else is available? And if you put Muzzin- How many if, teams are looking for a number one goalie right now? Half, more than half the league? Yep. Like, if you get, if you can get the, the LTIR money from Muzzin, then I think Fleury becomes an option, and it's, I don't know, it's something that they should kick tires on, because I, I think, yeah- I personally, if I'm Kyle Dubas, given the circumstances this team is in, I'm not prepared to mortgage the season and potentially my future on Jack Campbell figuring it out. I'm just not. And there's no resume saying he's going to figure it out. There's no track record. Freddie Anderson had bad months, good months, bad months, good months. Pretty consistent resume of of always kind of coming back and finding it. This guy has none. He's never done it before. He's never done this before. And if you can't, it like, yeah, he's got to, like, I don't know what he's got to do with his confidence, but it's, 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 it's gone. Yep. Um, from one Maple Leaf who's lost their confidence to another, mm. um, the Maple Leafs scored 10 goals last night. Yeah. 10. Double digits. Look on the score sheet. You won't see the name John Tavares anywhere. Yeah. What the hell has happened to this guy? Like, it is... It's like... Uh, look, I'm I'm speechless. Like, yeah. I don't know what to say. Like, what? why? Where are you? I don't know. Like, put him on the side of a milk carton right now. The guy's missing. Yeah. Where is he? What is happening? Yeah, it's pretty... Inexpl- it's pretty... You can't... Uh- you can't explain it, really. I, I don't know. He's just he's just regressing in front of our eyes. Yes. He's just 
blatantly regressing right in front of everybody yes. every single game. Yes. Like he's not getting better. No, he's not. So what like he's getting worse. Yes, I know. And like his I, I hate saying this. I want everyone to hear me say, I hate saying this. Because if you if any one of us was sitting in Kyle Dubas's chair three years ago, four years ago, whenever it was, with the opportunity to sign John Tavares, we all would have done it. And then his first year here in a Leaf uniform, he has a career season. So I hate saying this. But if this is what he's going to be, this is arguably one of the worst contracts in hockey. You're paying this guy. This guy is getting paid just under what Austin Matthews is getting paid. Look at the game that Austin Matthews had against the Minnesota Wild. And I know it's not necessarily... John Tavares isn't even capable of doing that. I know it's not necessarily apples to apples, okay? But you are in the... You're, you're getting paid $11 million. And you made a great point last week where you said, if he was going out there and he's playing a shutdown role and he was shutting down the other team's top line... You, you would still be like, okay, listen, the offense isn't there, but he's playing a major role in shutting down the other team's top forwards. That will require him to keep up with the other team's top forwards, which he cannot do. So I don't know. I don't know what to say about this guy. It's another problem. Yeah, it's a huge problem. Can you, can you win a Stanley Cup if your second line center can't contribute offensively or defensively? I don't, I don't, I don't know. It could be pretty hard. I'll tell you that right yeah. now. Like, it's. It's sad. It is sad. It, this, like, I do not take it, joy in this. It, it's a reality I don't even want to face. I don't yeah. even want to look at it in the eyes. I just want to like put it away and ignore it because it's just sad. I do not take joy in this. No. I do not take joy in sitting here and saying, oh, like, Johnny's, Johnny's washed. I do not take joy in this. No. It hurts but my... But it, it is a conversation. I don't think... I always kind of ask myself the question whenever we're talking about something negative, like, are we overreacting? And this is not even close to an overreaction. No, when you look at Jack Campbell and John Tavares, the thing they have in common is this has gone on for weeks now. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes, it's not like a, like a, like a three, four game slump. It's like, no, no, this is like, in Campbell's case, this is since the, they came back from the COVID break. Yeah. And Tavares, since, like, the same time. Like, December. Tavares is kind of turning into, like, now you need to go find a player who can, like, up his game. Yes. Because Nylander can't do it. And, and no, he can't. And then the, you and know. You can't, you can't put Marner no, with him. No, because that, that cause line. A, that, like, what's the point of doing that? That is the most dominant line in hockey. Yeah, you can't do that. And I'm somebody who, who's been a proponent of, let's move some guys around, maybe put Marner down with them for a couple of games. And it's like, no, no. If that line is clicking no, you can't the get, way no. they're clicking, you can't you can't do it. And Nylander can't help him. No. He can't help Nylander. No. Yeah, I don't care who you put in that. I don't care. You could pick any guy on the roster, put them on their wing. That's not making a difference. Yeah. You know, like it's, man, it's just like now he's kind of in a, in a career crossroads right now. It's, it's, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and decide what kind of player you're going to want to be on the back half of your career. Yep. Because clearly you cannot drive a line offensively by yourself anymore. And I know he's had a lot of problems in the past with defensive play when he was with the Islanders. And it, it, maybe he's just got to make a decision in his mind that I know he's paid to score goals, but 
I don't, what if he can anymore? Yeah. Like, what if you got to pivot and start focusing on on other parts of your game that could help this team win? Well, because I, yeah. your days of of getting points and and scoring goals and being dominant offensively are over. Yeah. And, and you know what the amazing thing is too is maybe maybe all of us overrated this guy from the start because like he was with the Islanders for all those years and the Islanders kind of sucked every year he was with them and they always said that John never had anybody good to play with. Mm. But he was still putting up good numbers. But like, was he ever like that dominant? Like, was he ever like a, a as good as everyone thought he was? I mean, he's a he's he was a top player in the league, and and when he came here and he had Marner helping him drive the line, he 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 looked like an elite player yeah, in the got NHL. 50 goals that year. But it's like since he's been with Nylander, who has had a great season in his own right and is a great offensive hockey player, him and Nylander haven't been able to to click the way him and Marner did. And I think that's partially because Marner and Nylander are different players. Like Marner c- can be a dominant force when he's on the ice. Whereas like William Nylander is, is a, I've often made the, the Phil Kessel comparison with William Nylander. Well, Nylander like that's just the, goes up and down his wing. Yeah. And, and, like, and when he, if he gets the puck in the offensive zone, he can be dangerous. Yeah. But like, or but he's in a shooting position. Yeah. Like he's one of the nicest shots in the league, yeah. but it's just like, it, though, clearly those two together aren't, can't be can't be dominant. Like it's just it's pretty apparent at this point. But you're you're kind of screwed because you don't have enough other talented players on your roster to like fill in that spot, or else you're just spreading more talent around and you can't break up the top line. So clearly they're not great together. Like I don't see that. Like maybe Jack Campbell will figure it out. But these two, as a, it being a dominant second line, it's not. It, I don't see it. It's not happening. Um. I, I don't know, man. It, it, he's he's. I think he just has to look at himself in the mirror and be like, maybe I'm just not the guy he used to be anymore. And, and I, I got to change my himself. game. Yep. Maybe I need to be focus focus more on my defensive game because you know what you know what everybody needs in this league too, uh, a center who shuts down other lines. Yes. Why yes. why did what what's his face from Montreal? The guy we chirped last year. Dino. Dino. Hmm. What, what, what most mediocre hockey player of all time. No talent. Nothing. Signs it. What did he sign? Six and a half million dollar deal to go be a shutdown center. Anybody because he became a very good shutdown yeah. center. So yeah. it's like maybe I can't dominate offensively anymore. So I got to look at other parts of my game where I can contribute and help this team win or mm-hmm. potentially help other teams win down the line and change the way I play. Because right now you're you're not in junior anymore. This isn't the phenom Tavares coming out of the of junior anymore. It's like, dude, you're you're old now. When people look at the Maple Leafs and us as Leaf fans and Leaf fans in general. And they wonder why we're so emotional and so crazy. It's because we are headed towards the trade deadline in a season where Austin Matthews is a heart trophy contender and Mitch Marner is having a career year. Mm -hmm. And there are still more questions than answers with what this team is going to do heading towards the deadline. And that is the type of stuff that makes us all crazy. I mean, they're, they're not, we're focused on this team all the time. They're not, they're not alone. No, no, no. Every, what, what team, what NHL team is looking at their, other than maybe the avalanche who probably also want to go add somebody, but this is where, but this is where I say, we might need to look at adding a goalie here because you're right. I think, Every other team, if you if you take a sense of perspective, towards everybody this, needs another yes. defenseman. Everybody needs yes. another forward. But if who can you don't in. have, if you're gonna have a goalie that let in some of the goals that Jack Campbell let in against the Detroit Red Wings and has and has let in some has played just generally the way he's played in the last couple of Terrible. months, you're not winning anything. You're not winning anything. 
So we're just if you put Michael Hutchinson in the Leafs net right now, does he play better than Jack Campbell? Did Michael Hutchinson ever play as bad in a Leaf uniform as Jack Campbell's playing right now? This might be the worst stretch of like goaltending this team has had in a long time. It, it, well, Morazic's played a part in that, and that. I mean, all, all you got to do is is point to the fact, and the fact is, the guy got the hook in a game in which his team was leading seven two going into the third period, and he got the hook. So I mean that 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 tells you everything you need to know right yeah. there. All right, I think we're going to get out of here. Um, big week um, for the guys coming up. Um, Washington Capitals, kind of a kind of a softer sked though. Though the sked the sked is not great, but they've got like they've the, got Capitals the Capitals are a good team, but yes. they're not they're not they're not the Capitals of old. No, they're not. But I mean, they, they got a couple. Of, they, don't they got to play like the Blue Jackets again? They got a couple, and then, yeah, they got a couple stinkers. So they got. Capitals, Sabres, Canucks, Blue Jackets, Kraken, Coyotes, Sabres, and the Heritage Classic, Stars, Hurricanes, Predators, Devils, and then and then once we start getting towards the end of March, it's like Panthers, Bruins, Jets, Lightning, Panthers again. Um, they they play the Florida teams quite a bit down the stretch here. In another March another April. positive thing I forgot to touch on is the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to overtake the Florida Panthers for first place in the d- division any day now. Which, thank the Lord for that, because you are because I people I've had arguments with people being like, well, the Florida is just as good as Tampa, and it's like, well, I'll put it I'll put it this way: if the Leafs play the Tampa Bay Lightning in a seven game series, they have zero percent chance to win. If they play the Florida Panthers in a seven game series, at least they have one. Yeah. At least they have one percent. <laughs> like that that's the dumbest way I could put and it. And you got two teams. the Leafs and Panthers are kind of similar in that they're teams yeah, that have played really well. Like they're, yeah, they're, they're unproven, unproven as yes. well. Like they have a bunch of dudes listen, who like I, I don't care who it listen, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. I'm not talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning as a team. I'm talking about number eighty eight in between the pipes for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. You think they are beating that guy in a seven-game yeah, series? Four times? Yeah. No. no. So. Nobody has over the past two seasons. Yes. So Not one team has everyone, done it. Like, <laughs> yes, we can, you can talk about all the offensive talent. You can talk about Victor Hedman. You can talk about all that. But at the end of the day, that is a stand, proven Stanley Cup winner. So when you look at potentially picking up a Marc-Andre yeah, which, Fleury. Which, which, which proves your, that proves your point right there. Yes. So yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. And. It's going to be interesting, I'll tell you that. Oh, it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see what Kyle Dubas does. Old tending problems. Wow, yeah. I'm not used to these. <laughs> Love it when yeah. your team starts out at the beginning of the year getting Vesna caliber goaltending. See a Vesna candidate? And, and, and then as we get closer to the trade deadline, it's like this guy can't stop anything. He literally can't stop anything yeah. right now. He can't make a save. At what point does Steve Briere get put on the hot seat here? What, what, what is it? This is so. What does a goalie coach do? I don't know. Like you know, like it's. He's, they have goalie coaches, like, but like at the end of the day, are you a good goalie? Or are you not? I don't care who you stand, got, yeah. who you got coaching you. Like it's. Yeah. Can you stop a puck or not? All right, we're out of time for this week. Um, thanks everybody for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Also, if you're listening to the audio version of this show, don't forget to uh, subscribe to that as well. Leave a little comment, a little review. Every little bit helps. We really appreciate it. Uh, here we go.
On to the next one. We'll see you guys next week. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.